When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1113, Why Is It So Hard to Exit a Bad Situation? by Isaac Morehouse of isaacmorehouse.com. And I'm Justin Mollick, your very own personal narrator. Happy Friday and welcome back to the show where I read to you from some of the best blogs in the world. Today's comes from Isaac Morehouse of the podcast Office Hours. And before we get to it, I mentioned this before, but we're now officially live in Pandora. Pandora has brought on just a few hundred podcasts to their platform, and we were super lucky to get picked. So if you wanna try it out and listen to this show from Pandora, if that's more convenient for you, you can just search for Optimal Living Daily in the podcast section of Pandora. Although I'm not sure if that's global yet, definitely in the US. It'd be awesome if you could check it out. But for now, let's get right to it and continue optimizing your life. Why is it so hard to exit a bad situation? By Isaac Morehouse of isaacmorehouse.com. The most common thing in the world is to hear someone complain about their job, their church, their school, or their neighborhood. It's almost a form of casual conversation. In many cases, people don't actually dislike these things, but they just enjoy ripping on them for fun. In many cases though, there is a deep and genuine frustration boredom, annoyance, anger, or pain. Why don't people leave? Why not exit the situation for a better one? It turns out this is one of the most difficult things to do. I don't think the primary difficulty in exiting a soul-sucking situation is for fear of the unknown. In many cases, even the unknown would be better than the known frustration. I don't think it's primarily because society places a too high level of respect on loyalty. I don't think it's primarily because of the illusion that we can change it from the inside or play the role of reformer. I think these are rationalizations people give for why they stay. There's a more fundamental reason people stay in bad situations. Staying means you get to play the role of two cheap, easy archetypes with quick rewards, the critic and the martyr. It's incredibly easy to be a critic. Hardly any effort is required to sit at the back of the room, arms crossed, and look indifferent while making an occasional sarcastic comment to the person next to you. Critics get friends. They get quick points and rally a small band around them in every setting. Every company has the critic and his cadre of cronies who circle around to hear his latest jab. Every church has the member who has meetings and conversations to discuss their concerns and troubles. Critics enjoy a weak form of respect, and they are never alone. Even in a happy crowd, as soon as one critic peels off and stands apart too good for the activity, he attracts others who don't wanna be duped or fooled. Being too cool is easy. Actually making good on your critiques and leaving that which you claim to be above is hard. The role of critic is not a bad one, but it's dangerous. It's dangerous because it's so easy. The way caffeine is easier than getting more sleep. Both have valuable and enjoyable uses in the short run or in certain situations as a kind of jolt into reality. But in both cases, the long run effect is incredibly deleterious to your health. If you only ever play the role of the critic, you lose the capacity to exit or create. You are no longer the one in control of your life. 
you are a victim of and a slave to that which you critique. You need it because without it, you have nothing. It's a little harder to be a martyr, but not much. To play the martyr is to stay in a painful situation, which may sound hard, but it's much easier than doing things you love. Unpleasant things naturally find their way to you upon waking in the morning. Most disciplines are unpleasant at the outset. Most jobs are. Most new people are a lot of work to befriend at first. The easy route is to give just enough of an effort to stay in a situation, but never fully engage and never simply exit. Complaining about your boss or professor and how mind-numbing your day was is an easy way to get the attention of others. If the critic gets cheap popularity, the martyr gets cheap sympathy. Everyone feels bad for the sufferer. When you feed off of that sympathy and choose it over the much more challenging work of finding situations that don't make you suffer, you seek the same caffeine-like quick fix as the critic and with equal danger. I'll use an example I'm very familiar with. I've met many young people who hate college. They're bored, the classes are useless, the tuition is costly, the experience as a whole makes them feel dull and depressed, if not openly angry. Calculated as a purely economic decision, it makes no sense for them to stay. Four years, tens of thousands of dollars, and a very weak network and set of skills and knowledge gained at the end. They can think of myriad ways to get more with less, but that's not the only cost. To exit means to quit playing the role of critic and martyr. Those come with a lot of easy points. Worse still, once you exit, you forgo the chance to play those roles again. When you complain about your job or rip on your boss, you won't get laughs or sympathy, you'll get condemnation. Well, it's your own fault. I told you not to drop out of school. It's the same with churches, cities, and any other situation you can exit. Exit means giving up the cheap benefits of the critic and the martyr and adding the cost of social approbation. It's easy to see why so many people stay in situations they clearly hate. It's easier. No one gets mad at you for staying. You get cheap popularity and or sympathy. You are not accountable for your feelings. It's always the fault of the bad situation you're in. This is one of the most tragic traps a human can trip. The power of exit is at the core of human freedom. It is the first step on the road to genuine fulfillment and self-actualization. Once you embrace it, and the only way to embrace it is to exercise it, you begin to find paradoxically that it needn't be used as often as you thought. Sometimes just knowing that you are in a situation by choice and could leave at any time is enough to reorient your outlook to a more productive, positive one. If you want to live a great life, you have to create it. Creating is learned. It's not free. To become a creator, you have to first let go of the critic and the martyr. Yes, critique can be the eye-opener that leads to exit and creativity. Yes, martyrdom can bring the pain that leads to the same. It's not that you'll never play those roles, it's just that you can't live in them. If you wanna create a good life, you have to first exit the bad one. Exit alone is not sufficient. Indeed, some people get addicted to exit much the same way they can to critic or martyr, always leaving what's not working, but never building what will. Still, exit is indispensable and far more powerful than attempts at reforming bad situations. Reform is fundamentally submissive and reactive, while exit is empowering and leads to the creative and proactive. The martyr, the critic, and the coward belong together. Leave them behind. You just listened to the post titled, 
Why is it so hard to exit a bad situation? By Isaac Morehouse of isaacmorehouse.com. And again, he has a podcast called Office Hours that's worth checking out. But I'll leave it there for today. Hope you're having a great Friday and start to your weekend. We're closing in quickly on the new year. I'll see you over the weekend where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.